Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. You can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Well, this today we have a treat. Uh, we're going to get to hear from some of our pastors here on staff and you know, Pastor Jeff did a series of God stories, and all of us have a story. And sometimes we diminish that story. We think it's not that big of a deal. But believe it or not, your encounter with God, what God has done with you, someone needs to hear about that. And whether it's a good thing or through a, tr- a trial that you went through. And so we're going to have some of our pastors come up and share their story. Because as you know, we are a church of what? progress, not perfection. And they're going to share their progress in the Lord. There's a verse that came to mind as I was preparing to kind of launch this discussion time or this sharing time. If you've been going through the read the Bible in a year, you know that we're in the book of Exodus right now. And there is a verse that stood out to me in Exodus 33, verse 11, uh, when Actually, let me set it up. When God used to talk with Moses, Moses went to a tent in the pillar of cloud, which uh, was a demonstration of God's presence, would sit at the tent, and everybody would get up and, and go to the front of their tent and just worship because God had showed up, and they knew that Moses was in there. But he didn't go in alone. He went in with his servant, Joshua. And so it says here, thus the Lord, verse 11 The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So even though Moses was done, Joshua was there, and I imagine he was having a discussion with the Lord. And he, in that sense, has a story to tell of his encounters And, of course, we read about that once Moses gets taken away by the Lord and then Joshua leads the children of Israel. But he was a leader that was not just formed by Moses. He was formed by the presence of God. He used to hang out in that tent of meeting. And so this morning, three of our pastors are going to come up and share about their encounter with God in this progress of life. So we're going to have them each grab a chair, bring it up here, Manny. And Jake and Lana, give them a hand. Come on up, guys. Pastor Jeff, as you know, many of you don't, maybe you do, he had some knee surgery this week, so he's setting this one out. But I still think he'll let you hug him if you want to. Yeah, can I have a chair too? Okay. So, again, this is something that we hope that you will emulate in your own life that as they share their lives, that you say, well, maybe I have something to share. So uh, Manny is, of course, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to go there. Anyway, yes, of course you know that, but I've known Manny for years, and he truly is a Bengals fan. He, he supported the Bengals through thick and thin, right? So, yeah, mostly thin. And so regardless if they win today or not, Manny is a happy man. So uh, I don't know. How many of you think the Mangles are going to win today? The, the Mangles. There's about five. Sorry, Manny. <laughs> so go ahead and share with us, Manny, what God's been doing. 
Yeah, I don't normally dress like this. Um, I, Pastor Jeff texted me this morning. He's like, hey, you're going to wear your Bengals gear, right? And I was like, oh, I got permission. So, yeah, it's only every 30 years that they're in the Super Bowl. So, um, no, so, yeah, my name is Manny Mejia. I'm on the pastoral staff um, here at Life Church, And um, I also lead our usher team um, on the church council and I lead our um, men's morning small group at 6.30 Thursdays at the church office. So, yeah, that's right, John. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be a pastor. That's just, I mean, I think that's kind of how God works. I, I don't, I, if he kind of revealed that to me too early, I'd probably freak out. Um, and, and so... Um, my pastoral journey really starts from when I first became a Christian and, and started walking with God and um, going to Chico State and being discipled um, by a college pastor and and then just saying yes to um, just small invitations, um, invitation to lead a small group, invitation to lead, lead a college ministry um, Invitation to marry Andy, to believe it or not, was a part of my journey. Um, I married a woman who loves Jesus and loves ministry and loves others. Um, I wouldn't probably wouldn't be a pastor if I didn't marry someone like Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, and and meeting Pastor Chris and um, you know his guidance in my life, um, you know, encouraging me to to teach and to you know he identified in me just. Um, yeah, a joy in teaching, and he's shepherded me through that. So, um, becoming a pastor, I, I just kind of wanted to share some of the the progress, um, the tension <laughs> as I'm being stretched. Um, I, I, I'm finding that as I'm moving up into spiritual responsibility, the more I'm, I'm in need to submit to God and to be closer to Him. Um, because without him, I, I, I'm not going to be able to be a, a good pastor. Um, so the verse, a verse that I've been really, um, you know, reflecting on through, in this journey is in Ephesians uh, 2.10. I'm not sure if we have that up. Um, there it is. So Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when Pastor Jeff asked Andy and I to become pastors, he didn't just ask us. He asked, you know, Bob and Lana, um, Jake and, um, you know, Dale. We have a really good pastoral team. <laughs> and so it, it was kind of, for me, um, I kind of struggled with um, figuring out what my role is or who, you know, I'm not like Pastor Chris or Pastor Jeff, and, and I kind of struggled with, with, with that, just the feeling maybe a little lesser than or just confused of what my role is here at Life Church. Um, but this verse is really cool because, you know, the first part says, for we are God's handiwork. And to me, uh, you know, as a father, um, that word handiwork, um, there's other translation that, call, that says masterpiece. Being a father and looking at my kids um, and, and just seeing like, wow, they, they are 
amazing. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, they're so unique, and, and and God definitely, you know, made them special. Like I got, I have this warm feeling right towards them, and it's the same way that God views us. We we are His creation, and He made us uniquely. So God's kind of challenged me to say, you know, you're not Pastor Chris, you're not Pastor Jeff, and you don't have to be. I didn't call you to be them. I called you to be Manny. Um, and so there's great comfort in that. You know, there, there's great freedom in that. Um, and and it just, I guess my encouragement to you guys is, you know, who have make sure to have a, a right view um, of yourself. You know, God views us, um, you know, he died for us despite our imperfections. Um, so it's, you know, that's important. Um, oftentimes I hear people say, well, I'm not good enough or I'm inadequate. I know, but God still died for you, <laughs> you know, despite that. Um, and he created you uniquely. Um, and then the, the, the second part here, created in Jesus, Christ Jesus to do good works this one was a struggle for me too, in the, in the sense that um, I'm a very analytical, um, disciplined person. I, I'm all of like, if you've heard me preach, I'm very, you know, nonsensical, very pragmatic, uh, you know, truth oriented, um, which is good. It works as good, um, but I can't. I, I've I've kind of hit a roadblock, so to speak, and. and my works were were um, out in front of my faith, and you know James, Book of James says that faith without works is dead. So we need we need both faith and works, but faith needs to be first. You know we are saved by uh, by grace. We are saved by faith, not by works. So I'm finding that I need to prepare less, <laughs> um, and I need to allow the Spirit. To, to lead me and to be okay with that um, unknown. Um, I'm not going to plan out every single word and I don't want to. I want to I, I be um, listening to the spirit and, and, and walking by faith. Because um, if you don't, that's where anxiety kind of brews up, right? You're like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this or that, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. And you set these expectations that ultimately are going to fall short. Um, so, and then just lastly, you know, which, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, man, I, I guess the last part I'll say is, um, again, I'm, I'm a very like competitive person. Uh, <laughs> I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, it's very like instrumental in my development as a kid. And I just, love sports and <laughs> bango bangles. Um, but it, I've de- kind of developed this kind of like achievement mindset over time. And, and God has kind of, kind of squashed that for me now. I don't, I don't want to live with an achievement mindset. I want to live with an obedience mindset. I want to, I want to discover what God has prepared for me, um, and not try to achieve something that I think, um, is worthy for, of achieve, achievement. So, yeah, I think was that that's was that about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I have always have a follow up question for these guys, and I try to think of one that will really make them uncomfortable. But uh, so 
you know, being how God wired you, you can't be a perfectionist. You, you analyze. How do you, after you do something and feel like, oh, that wasn't my best or that, that I failed at it, what is, how is God showing you not to beat yourself up, how not to overanalyze after you've taught or after you've led a meeting? What, how's, how is God changing you to quit? You know, like I said, we can be our own worst enemy. It's a good question. Um, it's funny. My daughter Sarah, I gave her the curse of perfection when I when I when she was born. She inherited that to me, and she uh, we bought her this book um, about anxiety and just um, and in the book they talked about talks about the her worry worry monster, and so it's like <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a good uh, analogy. It, it's this. Um, so basically, what I'm trying to say is that. I'm learning to distinguish um, God's voice and and my voice, and and God's voice is gentle, um, you know. He and it's not um, shameful or um, it, God builds up, doesn't put down. So I'm learning as I'm if I fall short um, to to lean into to to God's voice and in how He views me. Um, which is, you know, through Christ Jesus um, and his righteousness. Um, so, and his fullness. So, yeah, I'm learning not to to f- succumb to the worry monster, <laughs> so to speak. So, yeah. What's the name of that book? Okay. That, that's great. Yeah, give him a hand. Good job, Manny. Well... As you know, Jake and, you know, Jake taught uh, several weeks ago, and you just know him from working with your kids if you have junior high and high school kids. So uh, Jake is a really important part of our church, so he's going to share his story. Well, good morning. Um, I scrapped my idea last night, like around 9 o'clock, and I decided because, uh, one, I didn't think I could get done in five minutes, and so... Uh, it was more like a four-hour service, so I scrapped that. And but I was uh, there's actually a reason why I scrapped it uh, outside of just me talking a lot. Um, I I was we were watching the Chosen Marathon with the youth group last night, and uh, and we had this conversation about can you because there's a, there's a couple scenes where Matthew and Simon don't get along, and they kind of argue back and forth, and and they don't seem to be like friends. And, and I asked the kids, could you imagine twelve people being like together for three years? Like there's got to be a lot of conflict and. And I started thinking about, like, my life. And I've been in ministry long enough that when I started, my hair was black and I could grow it. And, um, and now I can't grow it in a lot of spots, and it's mostly gray. And there's one thing I've, like, really taken away from my life is the fact that, you know, when I first started in being a part of teams and part of ministry, like, you know, you get so excited. You come and you, like, present your idea. And sometimes your idea doesn't make it out of the gate. Like, it gets shot down before you even say, like, the, the second sentence. And, and very rarely, I've learned now, like, very rarely does an idea that I have actually look like, when the finished product looks like how it started. You know, it's everyone is going to input it. Everyone's going to mold it and shape it. And, and, and I started thinking about this idea of, like, being a part of the team, right? The greater picture of being the team. And it's, and it's not about this individual idea. It's not about this individual goal. And, and it's like, and, and for my life, it's been how do I work through that and, and work through the, the idea of conflicts too. And so like I learned years ago, and I know most of you guys probably get this already, is that a negative conflict can like destroy a team. You know, negativity is like poison on a team. 
right? If you, if you have someone in your team that's negative and in the sports world, they, they try to weed that out, you know, because it just hurts the rest of the team. And, but here in the world we live in and, and working through church, that's not the solution. I've learned that sometimes if I find myself in a conflict, I've had to learn to work through that conflict. You can't just tuck tail and run and go find a different church. Because God didn't call you to go here to here to here. God called us to be here until God calls us to do something else, right? It's not our decision. Like God called us to be at Life Church until God tells me to do something else. That's my calling. And so you don't get the opportunity to take a conflict and, and just say, okay, well, I no longer like Pastor Jeff and Pastor Chris, and now I'm going to move on. But I do like you guys. <laughs> I, just, I, do want, I do want to clear that up. <laughs> like, you don't get that option, right? It's like, so I've had to learn over the years. And I used to be a lot more stubborn than I am now. I've had to learn to be able to, to take maybe something that I don't agree with or maybe, and, or maybe an idea I don't necessarily find fun. And I've had to learn to, like, work through it. And sometimes you have to have hard conversations. And sometimes you have to be wrong. And you have to be okay with being wrong and saying, okay, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for what Jake wants to do? Am I doing this for what God wants me to do? Like, am I, is it an individual effort or is it really a team effort? You know, I've, I've tried to live my life, you know, based upon 2 Timothy is always my goal, right? I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. And I've kept my faith, right? And that's been my goal. And that means sometimes I have to change the way I look and I feel like the longer I've known God and I've been in relationship with God, the things he asked me to do is more difficult. Like, they take more effort. You know, like, we've almost been married for 18 years, and, and I think keeping a marriage, like, happy and healthy after 18 years can sometimes be harder than after the first year. Keeping that relationship going, keeping that communication alive, keeping that, that you know, that all that stuff that makes it work alive. And I feel like sometimes with God, like, the, the, more, I'm, the more I'm with God, and the more I know him, he's asking more and more of me. And, and that's really been like kind of my progression, realizing that I'm just this, just this small part of this, of this overall team. And that God placed me here to do my part. But it's not always about my agenda, my idea, what I need. It's about being that team player. And years ago, I started this, this thing. And I just do it by myself. But like I asked God, I, I opened up the book. I opened up to Galatians and I, and I took the fruit of the Spirit. And I said, okay, God, what do I need to work on? And I assumed I was going to be good on some of them, right? I was assumed, like, for sure, like, you got this one. And God comes back, he goes, you need to work on all of them. Like, like there's, there's nothing you're getting a passing grade on. Like, you have to work through all of them. And every year I go through this, I usually start around the first year, and I say, God, how do I, how do I learn to walk in love as a leader, as a servant, as a member of the church? How do I learn to walk in peace? How do I show joy? How do, you know, and I, and I started, and I, this is what I do. And I guess if I was to encourage you one thing else, I would say, you know, make an effort to realize that we're part of a team here. That there's going to be times when you're going to be like, hmm, a little frustrated with what's going on. Um, not, but it's like, but the bigger picture is that God's called you here to be part of the team and to give 100% effort in all that you do. And that just be willing to let God mold you and shape you until your very last breath, because it never stops. I hope one day when I stand before my Heavenly Father, 
He just looks at me and says, well done, you good and faithful servant. So. That's great. I'm going to let you keep that. Thanks, Jake. Amen. The, the idea of sacrifice, Jake, you know, in order to make the team, whether it's team life church or team sports team or whatever it is, what do you think is the hardest thing that we have to sacrifice and, and why is it so hard? What for us as humans in order to make that choice? I think it's pride. I mean, we always want to be right. We always want our idea to be front and center. Sometimes we always want to take the uh, accolades that come with being right. Mm -hmm. And it's realizing that you don't have to have that. Like, you know, it's, it's giving to God and say, hey, I'm okay. Whatever the situation, I'm okay, like maybe being 100% wrong and having to figure out how to get past being wrong and moving forward. Or maybe it's just I didn't have it right this time. You know, just our pride keeps yeah. us from that. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Don't you think so? I mean, that's good for our marriages. That's good for our children, our relationships at work. That's a good word, Jake. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, give him a hand. Well, Lana is well-known. She's the one that makes sure her and Andy work side-by-side side to make sure our children's ministry works well. And you guys are doing an awesome job, Lana. Thank you. So go ahead, share your story. All right. Hi. Uh, so I'm Lana. I'm our Life Kids pastor here. I used to, my title used to be director, and then I, after I got licensed as a pastor, Pastor Jeff always says, you're a pastor. So, yeah. So I think that kind of feeds into just kind of where I wanted to go today, but uh, I, ever since I, um, got saved in high school, I just had a desire to work for the church and to do ministry. Um, and because I was in a Baptist church that looked like I wanted to be a pastor's wife. So, uh, so I've come a long way since then, I think, um, and just being able to view myself as a pastor. Um, and so I'm really thankful, you know, that God has just, uh, I, I really, I mean, it, this is like, could be a different sermon, but I feel like God's brought me full circle from, you know, just kind of that place to here. Um, and so I, I started doing ministry at pretty much the same year that I also became a mom for the first time. Um, and so that was kind of a whirlwind and, um, my oldest son just turned five. So I can always remember how long I've been doing this, um, when I look at him. And so it's been interesting just kind of reminiscing the past, you know, week over, um, just that, uh, whole thing. But I mean, during that time, so I've been doing life kids that whole time and, uh, we've had a pandemic and we've had, uh, you know, the, the fire, um, and then I've had two kids. And so uh, I would say that that journey looked a lot different than I had imagined when I was, you know, 16 years old and I wanted to, to do ministry. And, um, and then I also got diagnosed with ADHD during that time, which answered for me a lot of questions um, that also just kind of like play into just how God has made me and my role and just kind of being able to accept who he's made me to, to be while also um, challenging myself to, to be all that, you know, he wants me to be. And so it's been really a balance of, you know, accepting my limitations, but also, um, you know, having faith and, um, and pressing into to hard things. Um, and Jeff and Carissa have been so faithful to just, just really walk with me in that. And I feel so grateful for that because it, you know, it really has been a situation where I, I've, you know, they've been a friend and a voice of encouragement. Um, and so now when I look back, I can just kind of see that I, I really have grown in some of those areas. Um, and so the verse that really came to mind as I was thinking about all this um, is 
2 Corinthians 12, 9. Um, it says, uh, this is, so this is the Apostle Paul talking about, um, you know, the, the, basically he's at a place where he's kind of recognizing how far he's come, but also he has this thing in his life that um, makes things difficult. And we don't know what it is. He just calls it the thorn in my side, um, which I think is kind of cool because I think if we knew exactly what that was, we might dismiss it. But I think that we can all kind of imagine a thorn in our side that just kind of makes things um, hard. And so he asked, it said that he asked God three different times to take it away, but God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Um, And so I think that um, the cool thing about all of us, you know, sitting up here, uh, you know, here at Life Church, I, I think we do church a little differently, maybe than a lot of us have experienced before. I'm used to just there being one pastor who just kind of does all the things, and um, and so having a team of pastors is definitely like a different um, is a different thing. But the cool thing is, I think that you know, as you've already seen, we're coming with all of our junk and all of our um, abilities and all of, you know, we get to kind of put all these things together as as a body in Christ, and this is how we function. And I think what's really great about it, too, is that, you know, there's nothing special about us, you know, that any of you don't have. Um, and so God is so faithful when we take a step, you know, to meet us there and to, to help us grow. Um, and so that's um, just finding, you know, his strength in our weaknesses has been uh something that has really just pulled me along um, in all of these seasons. And uh, and so I'm just really thankful that I get to do that with you guys. I should have looked at the clock because I don't know how long I've been talking for. So that's great. cool. I have talk. I have time. Okay. You're doing great. Um, and, uh, and let me check my notes again. So here it is, guys. It's the real stuff. Uh, so anyway, so, okay. So the big lie I feel like that I've wrestled with, you know, over, over all this time is just that somebody could do it better than me. Um, and I, you know, in whatever I'm doing, and that's, I think, you know, the enemy is always going to come at you with, with, you know, whatever your thing is, he just, he wants you to give up. He wants you to not even try. He wants you to not, you know, take that next step. And, um, I was really kind of thinking about this as I was thinking about what I was going to talk about, and it, it really hit me because I've been listening to um, Exodus. That's kind of where I'm at in, in my Bible reading plan right now. And uh, and just how Moses was constantly, God was like, go do this thing. And he was like, no, I can't do that. Like, I can't speak. I can't, like, what? What are you doing? And even, you know, we see Paul, um, you know, who, uh, you know, is pretty open about his weaknesses and, and the stuff that he struggles with. And it just hit me that I bet there were people on earth at the time that Moses and Paul existed, who may have been able to to teach or to lead better than they could. Like, that's just the thing. And so I think there's a real, uh, something really good about just realizing that, like, it's okay. We don't have to be all the things. And I think that especially in our sort of Instagram world where we we see all these pictures of what looks like perfection and people just crushing it and hustling and doing all these things. Um, and for me as a mom, it's been kind of a struggle. Like the way that ministry looks for me right now is certainly not the way that I envisioned it. It's not very Instagrammy. It's pretty messy. Um, I'm trying to see if Martha's out here. Is Martha here? Oh yeah, there she is. I uh, Martha and I had, uh, we met together in my dirty kitchen with my kids running around this week. And it was actually so great because I realized, wow, that it can be like that. It's fine. It doesn't always look polished and pretty and, you know, whatever, but that's the real stuff. And so I just, we had such a great time and I just felt like there was such depth in just inviting people into your mess and allowing them to see 
um, you know, your weaknesses um, and being open about that because then we get to walk with each other through those things. Um, so that's my encouragement to you guys today is just to, you know, kind of release your expectations of what you think it looks like to walk into ministry um, and to, you know, just allow God to walk with you at a slow pace if that's what it takes because sometimes we want to move faster than he uh, does. And sometimes, you know, we get frustrated and we want to give up because it, it doesn't, you know, it's not going the way that we um, thought it would. But he's so good and his plans are so much better um, than ours could ever be. And my friend Morgan yesterday, uh, I was just hearing her speak. She was actually speaking to another mom, uh, a new mom who's about to, you know, have a baby. And she was saying, invite, invite God to wreck your plans. Um, and I think that that's a pretty great place to be as you take that step is just like, okay, God, this is about you. It's not about me. So he's, his plans are always better than ours. That's great. Give her a hand. That's awesome. So you know that we are blessed not just to have Pastor Jeff leading this church, but Carissa helps lead us as well. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. And so I get the privilege of introducing her, but I've also known her since she was very young. And to see the progress that she has made in the Lord is pretty amazing. So again, give Carissa a hand. All right. Well, I'm definitely a work in progress. <laughs> so as I uh, was just thinking back on just trying to see what, what are some of the things that God has done in my life and brought me to this place where I am today, um, I, I realized that there's a lot of uh, moments of repentance and steps of obedience. So um, those are the really fun things I'm going to talk about this morning, repentance and obedience. Um, but yeah, I, I just have noticed that there were some places when I look back, there was like these moments of repentance that, um, you know, even though that word sounds scary, it just means to change your mind and it gives you a chance to like notice where you were wrong, say, God, I'm so sorry. And then you change and you move forward. And that's where I found the most freedom is in those moments of repentance. And so, um, you know, there's that scripture in Romans that talks about it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And I think for a long time, I was so afraid of that because it sounded scary, but it's his kindness that gets us there. And when he brings us to that point where we're ready to repent, it's like so freeing. And so um, I, I realized early in my adult life, I said no a lot. Like I said no to everything so that I couldn't fail at anything. And I realized that my pride and my fear and my insecurities really kept me from growing. So there's not a lot of growth that happens without repentance. Um, so here's some of the, the consistent thoughts that I had or like lies from the enemy or that um, I'm not good enough or that someone else could do it better, that I was only a second choice, um, that if I actually let people in, they would see that there wasn't much to me or that maybe God just should have made me different. And so when I kept saying no, it kept me in a safe place where I never had to really face any of those lies. Um, so about 14 years ago, I was invited to go uh, on a mission trip to China. 
And that was probably one of the biggest turning points. Um, I had a six-month-old baby that I left home with dad. <laughs> I, I don't know how I did that. Um, but I, I remember so clearly telling Jeff, I said, I could say no easily out of fear, but I knew that I had to say yes. And saying yes to that, I think, started a whole journey of more yeses. And it put a lot of opportunities in front of me where I was able to uh, just learn and grow and lead different things that I never would have before. So uh, that was that was a big turning point. And then, um, you know, a few years ago, I went with some ladies from here. We were, Jeff and I had been back in Chico for several years now, and um, we went to a little conference in Santa Cruz about prayer. I think you were with me, maybe there. Um, <laughs> anyway, we uh, it was just a really cool time, and one of the things that they did while we were there is offered us to have these prayer times. So you would go to a prayer time. There was about five people in mine, and um, you kind of are trying to find what are these lies from the enemy, and how can we help you um, kind of sort this out. So they kind of sit and listen, encourage you, give you scripture, and pray for you, and um, it was really awesome. And one of the things that somebody pointed out to me as I was revealing all of these is that um, some of the things that I would say, like, um, you know, someone else could do it better, or I should have been, I wish I was more outgoing, or I wish I was this or that, that um, my accusations were really to God, <laughs> that I was really accusing him of making a mistake. And so, um, we got back to our host home that night and I had a, a good friend that gave me a gentle nudge of, Hey, maybe you need to repent. And I was like, okay. So I had uh, this moment with the Lord that night that was just so cool going through my notes of the prayer time and then just being able to write out a prayer to the Lord. And, um, he brought me to this place of repentance where I was able to just say, God, I'm so sorry for, you know, thinking that you did something wrong and for partnering with these lies. Cause they, that's really what all these thoughts, um, were really just lies from the enemy. And I just had decided to partner with them for so long. And, you know, so I, um, I, I wrote this out that I said, I believe that you have me right where you want me, God, that I wasn't a second choice, that I wasn't a backup choice, that I wasn't a convenient choice. Um, and then the Lord reminded me of one of my life verses was Isaiah 43.1. It says, the Lord who created you and formed you says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And it was like this scripture kind of brought together the fact that he did create me, but also that he's called me to the places that he wants me to be. And in that moment, I just felt this weight lifted. Like I just didn't even realize what heaviness I had been under until I had that moment of repentance and was able to walk that out. And so seen a lot of progress in my life, more stepping out, more opportunity to do more things, leading, um, you know, but I, uh, what was I going to say? 
Yeah. Well, it was really at the end of the day, it was pride and fear and really making it all about myself instead of what God really wanted to do through me. And so I had a, another moment that I got to repent of my pride. Um, it was just this last season after we came back from our sabbatical. Um, you know, I really went into the sabbatical thinking like, I've got to come out of this with something to produce or something to show everybody that like something happened during this time. And you know, I was kind of panicking at the end, like, God, you didn't do anything. <laughs> like, nothing happened. What am I going to show? And, you know, it was like he was able to kind of show me, like, no, I did. You spent so much time with me. And in just that time, he was able to do something. So I was able to once again repent and say, I'm so sorry and move forward. And even before the sabbatical, I felt God calling me to be more publicly leading with Jeff instead of just behind the scenes. And I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> but here I am um, just taking these steps of obedience. And I think that when you really, when I really look back and see, like, I can see that God has brought me so far. And one of the scriptures um, in Matthew 3, 8 says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And I think that I've seen that so much that every time I take the time to repent, he moves me forward and I see more fruit in my life and more ways that he's using me um, in the places that he's put me with the people that I have around me. And so I just want to um, end with this quote that I found from Max Lucado. It says that your achievements, however noble, are not important your credentials, as remarkable as they might be, are of no concern. God is the force behind this journey. His strength is the key factor. Focus not on your strength, but his. Occupy yourself with the nature of God, not the size of your bicep. <laughs> so I thought that was good. <laughs> Amen. Hey, thanks for coming this morning. We're leaving at that. <laughs> that just like... Wow, what a punctuation on that. Carissa, the, the power of, uh, well, like when we mess up, we feel disqualified. And so what is it that you want to encourage? How do you, we see repentance as, okay, I admit I'm wrong, I, I, I screwed up, and that God will somehow demote you until you like earn your way back up the rank. How do we overcome that lie that just because we've messed up doesn't mean we're disqualified? Yeah, I think it's just knowing who we are in Christ, that knowing who he made us to be and that we all have gifts and callings that he asked us to live out. For, and when you were, no, when you, well, because I think it's interesting how, I mean, you've been very transparent. And here's the other thing, you guys, that you'll find in a lot of churches that senior leaders will, won't be this transparent because we feel that if we're honest that people will go oh well then you're somehow less than and your life is just a testimony of saying look I'm going to be transparent and this is freedom and I don't, I don't think we associate those things together but for you coming back from a sabbatical again was it like you were feeling like okay I have to show that somehow I earned this sabbatical, is that what it was? Mm -hmm. And so how did, I mean, on a daily way, what did the Lord do to help you just like 
push that away. He may have stumped me. No, I'm just <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was just the actually the realization of like how he had drawn me just into himself more, and um, that 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 was how he was going to grow me, not by something yes. else that I was trying to do, but just by being with him. And um, that's yeah. powerful, you guys. Again, a lot of us ha can glean from this. This is that's such a great, great story. Andy, Andy and I have known each other for a, a long time. Her and her husband, Manny, was at the vineyard with me, and Andy has <laughs> jumped in and covered so many areas in the vineyard. And then to see her and Manny rise to the place of being pastors on staff here has just been great. So everybody, welcome Andy Mejia. So I just have to tell you that I think it's kind of hilarious that the three people who are sitting up here for second service are probably the most nervous of the six that he had share. I was like, why did you put us all in the same service? <laughs> you will see us in the background a lot. <laughs> but anyways, we do have important things to say, I suppose. Um, so... <laughs> um, so my dad is actually a pastor, so it's not too far from what you might expect me to be is a pastor, but um, just growing up with that and um, watching my dad do it and stuff, it was almost like I do not want to do that. Um, there's a lot of things that go along with it and a lot of just stuff you may not be privy to, but... Um, <laughs> But then when Jeff asked us to become pastors and to walk through the pastoral license, um, Manny and I were kind of like, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the next thing. I guess like we're leading, we're doing all the things, might as well call us pastors. Sounds like a plan. Um, but even in that, I think, and Manny shared this first service too, we were kind of like, but are we? Like, I'm not sure what that means. And um our roles are not super clear, and like I work with the youth, and I do the scheduling for life kids, and um, I plug holes wherever they are needed, and things like that. Um, so when people ask me, like, "Oh, you got your pastoral license? What are you doing with that?" I'm like, <laughs> doing the same things, like <laughs> doing a lot of things. Um, so I think kind of my progress and my journey has been like just letting that be okay. Letting the kind of like, I don't know, it's what it is, I don't know. Um, and it's tempting to compare myself to like, I'm not a Pastor Jeff. I'm not going to get up here and bounce around and be excited. Um, and <laughs> sorry, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm content to sit in a chair and listen and talk to people and um, but that's kind of how God created me, and that's what he wants me to be doing. He doesn't want me um, up here pretending to be Pastor Jeff, and he doesn't want you guys up here pretending to be anyone. Um, and so the verse, it's kind of ironic. Manny shared the same verse in first service, and we didn't actually talk to each other. Yeah, but um, <laughs> Ephesians 2.10, and it's, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Um, so just that 
like God created me the way he created me. He created me as a little bit quieter, a little bit introverted. Um, I score really high on service and spiritual gifts tests, which I feel like is behind the scenes. Um, (laughs) But he also prepared good works for me to do, and he prepared them a long time ago. So when I was like five and doing whatever, he prepared for me to be up here talking to you today. So um, I can't just walk away from that. I can't hide from that. Um, And I like this quote. I've posted it on my social media several times because um, it's just so good. It should be up here. But um, it says, I think the point of this lifetime is to live as deeply as you can with the people to the right and left of you in the place where God sets your feet. So it's just like, I could try to be a whole bunch of other people, but God put me in the place where he put me. He put me in my family with my crazy kids, and um, he put me in the youth room with the youth, and um, he put the things in my heart that he put in my heart, um, and they're not going to be in all of yours. And so you have things that God set you, you have places God set your feet that are different than mine and Jeff's and Chris's, and um, and those things are important to him. Um and I also, in 1 Corinthians 3, I just really liked this. I worked at summer camp um, when I was in college, two summers, and I worked with the junior high and high school. And it was super fun to watch these kids grow over the week of camp and stuff. But then you had to say bye and never see them again, usually. Um, and that was super hard. And a lot of the staff there would remind us of this verse. Um, Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work, for we are both God's workers. So just, it's that body of Christ idea, like, I was created to do a work in people's lives that is not the same. And I might be planting a seed and then someone else gets to water it and then someone else gets to see it grow. Um, But God's in all of that. And I think for me, like, especially as a camp counselor when I was in college, but even now, not getting to see things come to fruition, it's like, am I doing anything? I can't really tell. Um, But just to know and to remember that, like, God is in it all. So he's doing the work. We don't have to, like, see the end result. Um, yeah, I think that's. Yeah. So, Andy, do you see yourself, uh, your obedience is not, like you said, something that's really emotive and loud or, or in, in that sense, but there's still a, a confidence in you. What, what is it that gives you that sense of, I know I'm supposed to do this? Because the other thing you may not know about Andy is she has a blog, which is amazing. She's uh, writing a book. And, you know, it's one of those things that, again, you, what causes you to just like go for it? Is it just like this, like, I know I'm supposed to do this or how does that show up in your life? So I think it's really interesting just the idea of like the different ways that God speaks to us. Like I've never heard an audible voice and I've, I wouldn't even say that I could relate to that still small voice thing, but it's more of just a very repetitive, um, I'm hearing it from like all the people around me. I'm hearing it and I'm reading it in my Bible um, or 
I'm hearing it in sermons like that. When I started writing, that's what it was is Jeff said it in a sermon. And then I went to women's retreat and someone said something. And then I went into my quiet time and that Moses story that Lana shared where he was like, now go, I'll give you the words. Like, it's not your words, it's mine. So it's more of just like, you have to figure out how God talks to you. And once I figured it out, I was like, okay, if he says it a hundred times, that means I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy really could be a spokesperson for Nike in the whole just do it. I mean, it really is because a lot of us think we need to hear that voice or something like thunder and lightning. But for you, it seems like I'm just going to do it and then let God do the rest. Yeah. Leave it to him. That's awesome, isn't it? Amen. Now, Bob Leahy is relatively new in my life. I mean, I didn't know him until I came here. And uh, it's been fun to watch to see what God has been doing in his life. And you're like, wow, I didn't know Bob played the bass. And there's a lot of things we don't know about Bob Leahy. But uh, I, it's just pretty exciting that, that you're sitting up here because God didn't have to do a lot of things to get you here. But I'm glad you're up here. I'm glad to be here, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm used to doing announcements, which is really easy to like just spit off information. So talking about myself and ministry and stuff, that's a little more difficult for me. So um, here we go. Um, so I'm going to kind of jump in and just kind of talk about my life and, and ministry and, uh, you know, joining staff here at church and what that process was like for me and just what the Lord was speaking to me through that. Um, but first, I want to talk about a movie um, about a Bob. His name is Bob. Uh, it's called What About Bob? So if you've seen <laughs> the movie What About Bob, you probably have an understanding for where I'm going with this. Well, uh, so, so Bob in this movie is, you know, he has like a phobia and is just afraid of everything. Like, it's, it's pretty dramatic. And so his therapist uh, introduces him to a book called Baby Steps. And so kind of the premise of the baby steps is like, hey, like you're stuck in this big building and you need to get out. But if you think about trying to get out of the building, it's overwhelming. So just think about getting out of the room. And so <clears throat> this is kind of described my life in ministry, just like those little baby steps and, you know, those little, little yeses um, that God has kind of showed up. And so just a verse that I want to share with you guys is uh, Psalms 3723. Uh, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their life. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I got lunch with Chris uh, last week or the week before, and Chris was kind of like, hey, so, like, you're a pastor now, so um, did anybody, like, prophesy over you? And, like, did you ever feel this, like, anointing that was like, oh, I'm going to be a pastor? And I was like, no. And, and, you know, I meet with people and they're like, so are you going to go plan a church? Are you going to go like, what are you, what's your master plan? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the Lord has for me. And that's kind of been uh, how, you know, my walk has been in ministry. Um, and I've done a little bit of everything. Like, as God has, like, as things have come up in front of me, I've been like, uh, okay, I can do that. You know, five, ten years ago, I would have said, heck no, I cannot do this. Like, I am not about this life. And that's not, I mean, not that I wasn't about the ministry life, but a full-time working at a church was just not 
on my radar. And so I would have said, ah, maybe, you know, 10 years ago, no. Five years ago, oh, maybe bivocational. And then, you know, starting the pastoral licensing process, it was like, okay, like Andy said, yeah, I guess this makes sense as like a next step. I've pretty much done everything in, in church. I grew up in four square churches. Um, and so like, sure, I guess that does make sense. Um, and so I think, you know, we tend, we tend to get like really fixated on like, hey, God, what is my calling? Like, what are you calling me to do? You know, and, um, and really it's just, uh, you know, people asking like, so what's your title at church? And like, that's, that's really hard for me to say like, well, Jeff says associate pastor, but I'm just his Swiss army knife. Like, like literally, like that's totally what it is. So it's like, so for me, the, the title is really, really just difficult. And I think, you know, as I'm thinking about it, it's, it's definitely coming from a place of pride um, and just, you know, wanting to, to make sure that, you know, that title fits and just feeling very prideful. Because if you, if you own that title, it means that you have, there's certain expectations to that title and you have to kind of, you know, walk that line. And so, um, but I think if we can get uh, a little too fixated on like our title or where we're going or where God's sending, we kind of lose sight and we lose the joy in the process, right? Um, and I think it's so easy to do that because the, the process can be messy and it can be really hard. Um, but, you know, God is in the process and we, we have to learn to enjoy the process with him to get to the, the, the final calling in our life or so to speak. And, and really, I don't think any of us have a final calling. Like Jeff will say, like, he still has next steps. Jeff still has next steps. Chris has next steps. Like, you know, and so um, that's just kind of like what I've been processing. And so as Jeff and the council, you know, asked me recently to join staff here, um, you know, I think that was really challenging for me. I, I, I worked at a great company who treated me well. I had no issues with it, with where I worked and I, I knew my job really well. I was super comfortable. Um, I was in line for a promotion and a, and a big pay bump and all that stuff. And like my reviews are great. My relationship with my boss, it was just all really good. And the Lord was in that. Um, and, you know, I, I, sometimes things don't, Sometimes God gives you options, right? And, and you know, I could have stayed there, and I think the Lord would have been there, and it would have been great. But I really felt like the Lord was calling me to, to move on. And, you know, I think in my job uh, there, like, we all went remote. And I started to discover that it, it really wasn't my, the actual doing of my job that I enjoyed. It was being around the people and being able to you know, share and talk and, and just mentor others who, who were in my workplace. And so when that kind of was, was changed, it sort of changed my perspective on things and like where, you know, my priorities were. And so, um, so really I, I, I took a couple of days off when Jeff and the council asked me to join staff and I just really was trying to focus in on like, all right, Lord, you're going to have to change, um, you're going to have to change my perception of myself because, you know, like, I think that's a theme up here. Like, I don't have the right gifts, right? Like, someone is way better. Jeff could totally pull somebody from who just graduated from Life Pacific University, and, and they would die to have this job. It would be so great. And here I am, like, struggling with the tension of, like, man, like, I, I don't know that I want to do this. Like, what are you doing here, Lord? So, um, 
so I just took a couple of days off and like really um, tried to seek after the Lord. And, you know, as I was, I was leaving one day and I was like reaching, grabbing my Bible, I was just going to go to a coffee shop and I was going to go to the Naked Lounge because that's where you go to hear from the Lord. Um, and uh, so I, I, grab, I go to grab my Bible and there's a book underneath it and it's, uh, it's called Strength and Love. And it's just like a book of Martin Luther King's like writings and some of his speeches and stuff. And, um, and I just felt like the Lord was like, oh, grab that book. And I was like, that makes no sense. Like, why am I going to read a book about civil rights right now? I, I was planning on going and Googling verses that, like, uh, attributed to my situation so I could go, like, open my Bible and, and, and get through that. And so, and kind of hear from you, Lord. And, um, and isn't that funny? Because we so like to, like, control the narrative of what God's doing in our life, right? But... Yeah, he had something else in plan. And I think, you know, he was, instead of um, trying to direct me towards, like, what I should do, he was really reminding me of who he made me. And so I have a couple quotes that just jumped out, like, right from the bat when I started opening, opening the book and, and, and reading it that, like, the Lord was speaking directly to me and directly to um, this call. And so uh, the first quote is, um, success, recognition, and conformity are the bywords of the modern world where everyone seems to crave security and being identified with the majority. And so, you know, the past few years, that was kind of me. Like, I have dabbled in every form of ministry, and I was really comfortable with my ministry, really comfortable with my job, really in the right place. You know, I could see the future and the path where, like, our family was going, and, you know, I had a great relationship with my boss and all those things. But ultimately, when I took a step back and looked at those things, like, all those things were really not always controlled by me. They're controlled by other people. And so I kind of had this thought of, like, you know, who, where's really my faith? Is it in other people or is it in the Lord? And so... um so that was just, you know, something that was really impactful to me. And then another quote that stood out to me was, when we refuse to suffer for righteousness and choose to follow the path of comfort rather than conviction, we hear Jesus say, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, I think as we're trying to be, you know, more and more like Jesus, that's, that's what we're called to do. Um, I think Jesus was the ultimate nonconformist. Like, and I think as, as the world shows us, like, we find comfort in our titles, we find comfort in our crowns, so to speak. And, you know, Jesus is like, one of his biggest um, works in his ministry was dying on the cross. And the, his earthly crown was a crown of discomfort. Like, and so, um, for me, that's just a reminder of like, and it's not that like doing ministry is torturous or discomfortable, right? Um, but it, it's, it's, it's different from the world, what the world says, and your values are different than, than the values of the world. And so, um, so that's where I'm at currently. I'm in this discovery phase of discomfort where I'm being asked to do things I've never done before. And uh, it's crazy. And I know that eventually like, I'll get comfortable with it, and then the Lord's going to ask me, like, all right, Bob, what's your next, your next baby step, right? And what's your next step? 
And so that's just kind of how my walk has been. And, you know, I really love, love this church because it is a church where you can be comfortable with being, being, it's a comfortable place to be uncomfortable, I guess I would say, to step out and to take risks and stuff. Like we have, uh, you know, progress, not perfection. Like it's, it's, it's just great. And so this is a great place to test those, those waters and, and take risks and see what the Lord really wants for you. And so one of the last, the last verse I have is, uh, and if you were at men's camp, it might be hard to read this verse without singing it. Um, so it's Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Oh man, it's so hard for you. <laughs> declares the Lord, plans, no, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, anyways, so yeah, that's just kind of been my journey in ministry and stepping into this role. And so, I mean, I, I don't like things being focused on me, so I'm going to flip this to you guys and say like, what is the Lord asking you is like, what's your next baby step, you know? And like, what, you know, are you currently comfortable? And is being comfortable a place that you feel like the Lord wants you right now? And so. Wow. Is that good? I mean, I really hope that all of us at some point today take that challenge seriously. And go down and with the Lord and sit down and have a conversation. So a lot of times when people go into ministry, they're like, okay, God is calling me to take care of others. So what you're saying is that God not just did that, but he's like, I'm calling you to ministry to reveal things to you about you. Yeah. You know, I think that all through through my life and doing any forms of ministry, it's, it's been about other people and really caring for others. And so I think that helps with, you know, you mean, I get to do this as my job, like full time, I get to care for others and meet with others and really uh, do that. And so I think that's been something that has been really exciting for me. Uh, the non-exciting part for me is the self-development part <laughs> and the doing this and like, so um, that's something that the Lord's definitely working in me in. And uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's hard. You know, I think first service, uh, my wife mentioned the like Instagram life and stuff. And so uh, I'm working on social media for our church. And just like, so I start to see all these like church social media things. And you see pastors who have amazing followings and like are amazing pastors. And, you know, 20 years ago, like, I, it wouldn't have been something that you'd be exposed to, right? And so you you see that, and you feel like you need to be that, and you need to do that, and um, and that's really a hard balance, a hard line, line because like the Lord has made me specifically a certain way, um, kind of like Andy was saying, I'm not I'm not Jeff, and I can try really really hard to be like Jeff, but that's not what the Lord's called me to do. So um, yeah, that's right. That's good. That's good. No, we'll let Jeff be Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Who is? It? I can't bounce like Jeff can bounce. But well, Jeff, Jeff can't bounce right now, you guys. So well, that's right. yeah. <laughs> Amen. Let's give them all a hand. And let, let's all stand. And again, this is us being transparent. This is giving you now the courage 
to go out and tell your story. Sit down with somebody and say, this is what God's been doing in my life the last couple months, last couple weeks. If we don't have that, then we really aren't aware of the progress that we're making. And our self-evaluation, can, we can so, be so brutal on ourselves. And uh, let's not do that. Let's not live in isolation, but let's be transparent. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for just being here this morning in such spectacular ways, whether it was through worship or through the, the testimonies that we've heard. But each one of us, Lord, has a challenge now in front of us, whether it was something that Carissa said or Andy or Bob. Lord, you resonated with us. You tugged at something in our heart, and now we have a choice. Do we say, okay, Lord, let's talk about that, or do we just ignore it? Help us not to do that, Lord. Holy Spirit, chase after us. We give you permission to chase after us relentlessly so that we can have that abundant life that's been promised to us. And we thank you, Lord, for Life Church. And we thank you for our leaders, Jeff and Carissa. And thank you for the places we're getting to go and the, the kind of church that you want us to become. Lord, thank you for that. We bless you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will hope you'll stick around and go over and sample the chili. Give a donation that goes to our Mexico outreach. Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.